All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Halfway through Tuesday edition, The Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Be sure to uh, get involved. If you like, send us a text, 833-401-1440, or you can email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Gregor, sports1440.ca. And uh, right now, get yourself a Penzo Platinum full synthetic oil change, and you will get a $20 digital gift card for one of 30 local vendors. You get to choose where you want to spend your 20 bones. Support local, jiffylubeservice.ca. I'm Jason Gregor alongside uh, Sean Brown, listening on the radio. Of course, uh, for many of you who are watching uh, online as well on the uh, Trusty uh, YouTube channel, Oilers Nation. If you haven't tried it, check it out. Yeah, you might even see a few beads of sweat today because it is hot. Man, it's like somebody turned on the furnace. No joke. So uh, Brownie's over there. Uh, it's it's not even because you're nervous, Brownie. It's uh, it's because it's literally like it's got to be like 25 degrees yeah. in here right now. <clears throat> I think it's a combination of the nerves, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, like I, I was I was hot and nervous coming in here. But uh, you know what? This is good. I'm happy that you're back on the uh, airways here, and uh, it's good for Edmonton, too. Well, buddy, we're happy to have you. We got a lot of text flying in, uh, lots of uh, comments as well on uh, line. The guys love seeing Brownie's a co-host. Looking fit as ever. Going to enjoy his perspective from a pro standpoint. Let's go, number 23. Woo! A few fans <laughs> I got, out there. I got, eh? I got that one. comes from Edmund, uh, Ed Robb. Guys, great interview with Burke. You really sold the new women's league for me. I'm eager to see more from this. Thank you for bringing back Sports Talk. I love you. Wow. Hey, Lalo, we love you too. <laughs> love you too, man. That's good. Um, 
I like it. Hey guys, I was loving the coaching decision uh, from uh, discussion. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on young refs and how to develop them in a time where parents will berate a six-year-old for blowing a call in a child's game. Thanks for bringing Sports Talk Radio back to the city from Talandega. And Talandega, you know what? Uh, it's in, now as a coach, I outline at the start of the year when I've coached, and now I got this advice from other people who have coached. And so you have your parent meeting at the start of the year. And uh, Brian Benning was the one who said you put it on a piece of paper and you send it to everybody. So they all know, and it's like, here's my goals as a coach, and this is how I'm going to treat the kids. I, I, I'm not going to yell at the kids. I'm going to treat them like I would treat my own son. I can be disciplined, and we have a lot of fun, and I expect them to listen, right? And I said, and I expect you, the job you parents have is to get your kids here because if they're constantly missing, it hurts the team, right? And it hurts them. They don't have as much fun if you're missing in practice just because certain skill sets are falling behind. But then I also mentioned to parents, I'm like, no, I don't like yelling in the crowd. I don't want to hear ever negative yells, especially, you know, it shouldn't be to your own kid. I can't tell you how to parent your own kid, but definitely to no other kid on the team and definitely not to the officials. And you know what? When should you tell people that? And then what you need is you need a few parents in the group to enforce that. Now, it's easy because, you know, I've only coached, up, it's U11, right? It's, some people don't seem to be as intense. Some are, but I know when you get hired, but I always, I'm like, why? It's U15 hockey, Okay. It's you 17. Guess what? NHL refs make mistakes. But you know what? Your your little son or daughter isn't perfect. They might have just tossed the pizza up the middle. Are you berating them like you would berate a ref because he missed a trip? So I to me, I think a little bit, I'm going to say the onus is on the coach at the start of the year to outline it in paper and send that to parents and say, this is what we expect. And then if you see some parent being a lunatic in the crowd, unfortunately, you got to have the unfortunate conversation, the uncomfortable conversation, say, hey, you know what? We can't have you guys yelling because then the players are going to be snapping. So you guys got to zip it. I always thought that soccer had a really good approach to the, uh, they had a parent liaison that was out there. Yeah, well, there. they have that on ours too. Oh, okay, so we didn't have that. Okay. Right? And so my focus was not necessarily, I think that's a great rule. I didn't think about it. Uh I don't think it was a, a real, it definitely wasn't a problem on our, uh, you know. No, oh, it's never been one. But if you put it out there at the oh, start yeah. of the year, yeah. I find you, you got a get better chance of, of for uh, sure. diffusing but I, it. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I feel bad for the refs. I mean, oh. half the kids look like they could actually play with the kids that are actually on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it's tough. They're they're in a really tough spot. I I wouldn't allow myself or the coaching staff that I had that wasn't something that was something that we talked about yes there was absolutely no no negative talk towards a young kid that's reffing and trying his best um you know quite often when things would get heated I would often call them over and just talk to them uh and I always wanted to have that relationship I I felt it was important for their development Mm -hmm. to know that this adult being me was you know you were not going to have any problems so you know before every game they're shaking your hand I always made a point of making you know some some conversation just to give them at ease and make them feel comfortable but if there ever was a game that was out of hand or the the emotions were getting high for these Adam kids right I would I would quite often just you know talk to the other coach too and just be like hey listen like we this is up to us you know this kids you know these kids are young. They're inexperienced. It's this is on us to calm our kids down. Yes, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it's there's a lot of development, obviously in minor hockey that go towards coaches uh, and players. Uh, I would like to see you know a little bit more. My son actually uh, took his uh, roughing, roughing course. 
course. Uh, he only got up to, you know, half ice, which was very limited. Um, but I did go watch him a couple times, right? And I can see where those, you know, those young kids are nervous. Oh. You know, he's nervous. And, and anytime a young kid's around an adult, they're naturally just yes. nervous to be around them. Yeah. It's not up to them you know, to make us feel com- uh, yeah, it's comfortable. Up to us. It's up. It's yeah, exactly. Like I always ask them, Hey, what's your name? All yeah. right, Bob, Bob, yeah. if there's any kid on my team that gives you problem, you come tell me. That's uh, the first thing I always tell them. Yeah. I'm like, Bob, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You try yeah. to you know relax them a little bit. Yeah. And I would say, Hey, there will, there'll be no problems from ours. I said, yeah. don't worry. I said, have fun out there. Yeah. Have a good game. Now again, it's only you 11 and, yeah. and you nine that, that I've been coaching at yeah. uh, so far. But I, I think it's important. I, there's a rule that, and I don't know if it's even plausible, but the rule that I would want is if your kid plays U13 or higher, they have to ref. They have to ref five games a year. <laughs> and you have to go to the crowd and sit in the crowd when they ref. Because the minute it's your son or daughter who's refing, I'm pretty sure you're going to be a lot calmer. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, geez, what are these parents who are yelling at my kid? Like, what's going yeah. on? Right? Yeah. And all the, everybody's going to be like, oh, now I understand it. Yeah. Oh, geez, like, yeah, maybe he missed a trip. Because we've had Kerry Fraser on the show many years. He was We were doing refereeing, and he talks so much about – it's not that they want to make the bat. Sometimes they're just in the wrong position, so they don't see it. Well, of course kids that are 14 and 15 are going to be in the wrong position as refs, right? Because the 14 and 15-year-old hockey players go in the wrong position quite often, right? Yeah. So it happens. So it's a really good question, and it is one because it's a big concern right now because I know there's lots of associations that have a shortage of refs. And I can understand why, because because you pay money to put your child in minor sports does not give you the right to berate an official. Full stop. There's I don't care what call it's missed. It does not give you the right to do it. I agree. I I don't understand why kids, you know, they have the ultimate ace of spades, right? If they can throw someone out. Yeah, but that's hard, though. Think about Very, it. Very. Oh, yeah. That would, that would take a lot. You know, good for a kid who did it, but they'd yeah. have to have some pretty big gonads, right? Strolling uh, over there. You out. <laughs> I would love it, though. Like, that would be so amazing. Oh, God. Yeah. But it would be, it would be hard. Yeah, for right? sure. Because they're like, wow, geez, no. I don't want to kick him out. Now it's going to yeah. draw more attention. And, yeah. you know, even though some other parents are probably like, yeah, kick yeah. him out. Kick him out. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. There's definitely a shortage. It's a big concern. We don't have enough. You know, even veteran refs that can even come down there and help them in those situations. But it's mind bowling. Uh, you know, this is you're starting off. You got you got a ways to go. You're oh, gonna yeah. see. You're gonna see some things. Oh, but I'm sure he probably do. It, it amazed me though what people will say in the stands. Like our kids are the most sensitive thing you know to us. Yeah. And I just I never understood why someone would ever say anything about someone's kid yeah. when you know that that's never it's gonna go over like a lead balloon. Yeah. It is mine, but the intensity and the, I like to say, misplaced enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, I like that misplaced enthusiasm. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> it gets to, it, it's a crazy. Yeah, no, it totally is. Uh, Jason Greger along with uh, Sean Brown. We got a lot of people. Did you see the Mike Babcock story today? Um, so Paul Biznasty, uh, uh, or sorry, Paul Bisonette, uh, aka Biznasty, reports that, you know, he had asked players for their phones. Then uh, Babcock and Boone Jenner, the captain, came out and said, yeah, Babcock showed us pictures of his family, showed us pictures of ours. We're trying to communicate, have a better understanding of it. Now, you just coached junior hockey, right? So take us through the process. And I, I know it's different. It's not the NHL. It's not your job. But it's still the coach-player relationship is important. 
But especially nowadays, there's there's more communication than ever. It's not like the coach, whatever the coach says goes, and no one can ever question anything. Those days are, are gone for the most part. Now, it doesn't mean you get to question everything, but, you know, in a respectful manner. Now, there's there's people out, Darren Drager's now reported that everybody's talked to says, yeah, Babcock showed pictures. He asked the players their pictures. Um, now, the married guys, it's very easy. Hey, let's see pictures of your kid. Well, <laughs> you're a 22-year-old, 19-year-old single guy. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to show him pictures of? Yeah, well, I was at the beach all summer. And hey, guess what? When you're a 19-year-old, your phone pictures are probably going to be different than a 28-year-old married guy. I'm just making a guess. Right? So where do you come out on this? And where do you think it goes? From, because to me, I look at it this way. If there's truth to what Biznassi reported, like that's terrible on Babcock, and I don't even know if he can coach. But then if it's true what Jenner and Babcock are saying, then they might have an issue in the room already because you've got somebody who's trying to sue the coach allegedly out to Biznasty in them. Yeah, that's a tough start for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that relationship piece is so important now. Um, you know, you've got to find a way to connect to the players the sooner you can connect to them, the more they want to go to bat for you, the more they feel respected by you or the fact that, you know, you're, you know, you're very, you know, into their development and helping them, you know, as a young athlete further their career, obviously the more success you're going to get because as a coach, you put a lot of demands and expectations. So quickly, obviously Babcock wants to establish a relationship uh, and you, and it's nice. Um, <clears throat> our families are uh, the biggest part of who we are. And so I can see, you know, his reasoning of wanting to get to know his kids and wanting to get his, get to know his wife and other sides of him. Unique way of trying to get a hold, you know, trying to connect with a guy. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that I, I could think of other ways you'd probably want to do that. Um, but yeah, somebody somewhere, <laughs> There's there's a story being told. I don't know where if it's somewhere in the middle, but there's there's definitely a, dis, a disconnect. And now the, something you don't want even going into camp, mm-hmm. right? So now Babcock, you know, has to have another conversation with him. You know, Boone Jenner. You know, what else is he gonna say? Like he has to take, you know, the he, coach's side. He then. has to take the coach's side. He has to make the best. But it, it, so, and that leads me to an interesting point. Does he though? Like, if you're the captain, what if Boone Jenner said, "Yeah, you know what." He did ask for this, and it's a joke, and it's unacceptable. Because you don't want, because you're not going to have no success with that guy as your coach if indeed he, you know, if the allegations were true. Now they're saying they're not, but if yeah. that actually did happen, you'd be better off, as hard as it would be. Boone Jenner would be better off to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell the truth here because for our organization, if if we want any chance to win. We can't have a coach who's doing that. Now, I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying if indeed it did happen, then that's what Boone Jetter should have done. And is it hard? 100% it's hard. But I think nowadays he'd get a lot of support. I don't think there'd be many people saying, oh, Boone Jenner ratted him out. I can't believe it. They'd be like, yeah. Like, if indeed that was the case, it would be very odd to me. Like, cause you're, you're, It was funny. I asked people whose, whose kids are 16 and older what their rule was with their own kids' phones. Like, Did you ever ask your son or daughter to see their phone and say, here, show me your pictures? No, I got an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of trust and respect that yeah. has built, been built up for a number of years before he even got a phone, and we felt he was ready for yeah. a phone. Um you know, the phone is a big part of a teenager's life. Oh, Any yeah. parent that, you know, has a has a teenager with a phone and try taking that thing away. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see their light you want to see their eyes light up. Um 
I, my wife and I haven't felt the need to actually dig through their phone. I think that we, you know, have developed a, a level of respect and trust. Um, you know, and, and you're always working on that. These kids have a lot going on in their lives. Yep. You know, there's a lot of things coming at them, and this phone is a very complicated. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I I, I think you. I'm happy. Have- I did honestly. I'm very happy. I didn't have to grow up with a phone at 16. Like I think there's there's just way more opportunities to make wrong decisions. And yeah. split second wrong decisions yeah. that you can't reverse. Well, even when I was coaching, right? There's Wi-Fi everywhere. Kids, every kid has a phone, mm-hmm. right? So kids in the dressing room, right? When they're in the dressing room, they, they got access to Wi-Fi. Like you got to, it's a serious conversation you got to have with your team and you got to lay some ground rules. Yeah, like no phones in the room. It could sure. get ugly in two seconds, Yeah, right? Because they're on their phone. They got their buddies, a lot of pressure, you know, everyone from the outside world is now in there. That used to be, you know, your spot where it was just you and the boys. Everyone can get in there quickly now, you know, and even, you know, it's always interesting when I talk to buddies that are, you know, at higher levels of coaching, how they deal with the phones, you know, and, and the one thing in Drayton Valley, what we did, uh, they did it when I was with the Oil Kings as well, is like you checked in, you checked your phone. Yeah, right. Sense. And so you had your one phone, right? Because it's a major distraction in a lot of different ways. Yes. I tell, And you know what? Honestly, think... You put it away, it's better. Now you're just, you're, you're, you have to communicate with the people in your inner circle, yeah. your teammates. You're talking face-to-face. You're looking at it. Jeez, I got to yeah. know how to talk to this guy. It's easy yeah. to stare at my phone yeah. and tweet down. But when you got to look in the eye, have a conversation with someone, that's better. It's hard, though, with school. Like yeah. You try to take their phone or you know, if you're in that situation, it's connected to every part of their life. Yeah, I know. And that's why I just... It would be odd to ask someone. Like, if you say, hey, let me see a picture of your kids. Well, that, I, hey, ask anybody out there when you run into someone who just had a baby. Most of you say, hey, do you have any pictures? So that's not, that's not abnormal, right? Yeah. You want to, so if, if the coach is trying to connect and he's saying, hey, I want to, you know what? Oh, you got, you're married. You have some yeah. kids. Oh, do you have any pictures? Yeah, here's my wife, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. I could see that actually being a little bit of an icebreaker. So as the coach, so if he walks down the hallway and he sees a lady, he's like, oh, that's Boone Jenner's yeah. wife, right? That's Sean Brown's wife. So it would make sense. The one thing I really enjoyed about Edmonton, especially in the earlier years, you know, not so much now because it's obviously a lot harder to get into the rink and, and have access to the athlete. But one of the things they really created Barry Stafford and the training staff was it was open to everyone, right? So guys brought their moms, their dads, their buddies, their dogs, <laughs> you name it. Everybody was in there, right? And I, I really enjoyed that because you got to know the person outside, outside of, of hockey. hockey. Yes. Um, it broke up the conversation. Mm-hmm. It obviously can be a, uh, an intense environment at times. So it just, it, for a lot of reasons, it just kept things a little bit loose. Yeah. You know, and I guess if I was Babcock, you know, maybe there would be a different approach as far as if you want to get a family or to get to know guys, you know, there's a lot of team events and some things you could probably do differently, mm-hmm. you know, That's to get, fair. is my thinking. Definitely. Uh, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you, and I'm to, it's only sports station, Sports 1440. When we return, Jason Strudwick. This might be a very heated first edition of Struddy. Because uh, we have one anti and one very pro person on two opposite sides of the ledger. We'll discuss what it is next on Sports 1440, The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, baby. There's the music. Welcome back. Jason Gregor Show, Tuesday edition on Sports 1440, as always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We will get to our uh, PlayAlberta.ca pick'em coming up in the uh, final hour of the show as a uh, tough loss last night. We got the under. 
We pick the upset for the Padres, and then somehow the Houston Astros could not beat the Athletics. Are you kidding me? They, they basically just cost the kids at kids' sport. Brutal. Very selfish, Houston. Very, very selfish. We, uh, we have a fun little uh, three-way parley every day, and all the money we make at the end of the month goes to... Uh, to a different charity, and uh, this month it is going to go to Kids Sports. So we got We need some help here, listeners. So if you got a few that you're like, hey, you guys just, you know what, you got to start a winning streak. right? Like right now we're the New York Giants. We're shut out. It's not good. It's not good at all. Let's get to uh, Struds On, brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business that will be celebrating 50 years. It's an amazing accomplishment. 50 years, family-run business, started Don in his basement, now Blake runs it, uh, Fantastic company. And uh, you know what? If you're ever thinking about a gig, go to Action Electrical. Look up at Indeed.com. Good place to work. As uh, it is now time for Struds On. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's a memory. That's what you remember. Memories. Uh, There's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say... HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Oh, Brownie, I cracked up over that second one, eh? Oh, that's such a classic line. Classic line as uh, we welcome to the show Jason uh, Strudwick, uh, who is pretty excited that number 43 is going to be in use at the uh, rookie camp uh, this year as uh, Matt Bay Petroff will be wearing it. Struddy, how you doing? Talk about pressure. That guy, he may as well, uh, who's that Josh Ho saying it wore 66? Basically the same message he's sending to the world. <laughs> uh, now, Strutty, we're happy. I'm happy that, that we do this on Tuesdays because if we would have had to talk to you yesterday, I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you would have been able to come on. That was, that was a tough start for your NYG. Oh, you could say that again. You know what's funny? Like, it actually had a pretty good little start to the game, and then it just went downhill from there, and, and they just killed themselves. They couldn't protect Danny Dimes. Uh, Dallas's defense is sick. I mean, they were they were so good, uh, but it's not like Dak Prescott. People are acting like that guy is an elite quarterback. What did he do? I don't think he even broke 125 yards in the air. Now, maybe he didn't have to because the way the game went, but still, the stats are what they are. But yeah, that was a rough one, man. I tell you, and I, and I thought we were on a bad day, and then he watched the Jets last night lose their big quarterback, and they somehow win a game that might be the only one they win all year with that quarterback they got now. So. I don't know, not a good weekend for uh, and, and at New York City uh, football teams. Yeah, well, the Rodgers injury, I, you couldn't have scripted a worse possible outcome for the Jets. They're, okay, three minutes in, we got Aaron Rodgers, we got Wilson, we got Hall, we got a lot of options here, and then boom, he goes down. And it wasn't, like, you watch the play, and, you know, you, you've seen quarterbacks get tackled like that loss. It's just really unlucky. Well, and that's what it is. I mean, it just, you know, you can't, you couldn't script it worse, right? Like four plays in and your, your, your big acquisition, the offseason's out. And I feel bad for Rodgers. I mean, you know, I, he's out this year, obviously. He's 39. So what does this mean moving forward? I, you know, he could probably come back. It wasn't like he was fleet of foot before. So I, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. This team, you know, Salas said they're going to move forward with Zach Wilson. And I, you know, I get it, but I think they had higher aspirations than than what maybe Zach can provide. So, man, your 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 season just changes within one quarter of it starting. Jason Strudwick joins uh, Jason Greger, Sean Brown. Now, Struddy, um, I, I I didn't know there was going to be this much conflict in your first hit on our regular Tuesday, but uh, Sean Brown shows up today 
with a, a pound of moist, delicious banana bread. And uh, I, I'm showing you a picture right now in the Odors Nation YouTube of it. I have it in my hand. It is so delicious. Brownie is like, I know right away that this is going to be a, a great guy to have on because he has a good palate. His wife makes... Arguably, maybe one of the greatest banana breads I've ever had. I really, I'm sad that you are too scared to come in studio to try it. What does it have on it? Does it have nuts or chocolate chips? <laughs> um, it has a little bit of chocolate chips in it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So that that's my point. Any banana bread without chocolate chips or nuts or a spread is inedible. So you're you're masking it. Much like you are with the pumpkin pie, you've got to put whipping cream on top of it or, or different items like that. Pumpkin spice lattes, got to mask it with the coffee flavor. So you just proved my point. Unless you have something in it, it is inedible on its own. And I stand by that till the day I die. Stretty, I, I think you might be right on that because the chocolate chips yeah. are, those are big chocolate chips, right? And there's just enough to just give you that kick, right? So... I have had other banana breads that, um, you know, they I, don't, it, it's not the same explosion. Well, to me, the, the chocolate chips just take a, like a, an eight and make it a 10. But even without the chocolate chips, properly made banana bread is an eight. So that's just how it is. So I've never had an eight before. <laughs> well, Stratty, we know that. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't insult it. your wife like that. She's at least, uh, you're right. She's a nine, but a lot of the other ones were uh, a little bit lower on the uh, scale. That's for sure. I have never had an eight of a banana bread that didn't have those <laughs> items I'm telling you guys. And I'm glad Brownie's making a good first impression. I love it. But, uh, yeah, that's a, without it, it's a lost cause. Now, Stratty, I asked Brownie earlier, so I want to get your answer on it. Um, the, the one major competition in camp on the blue line is who's going to be the number six defenseman to start, assuming the top five guys are healthy and it's DeHarnay or Broberg. Do you give one the advantage when camp opens? Well, there's such different players. It's really hard. Like, you know, if you have two guys, let's say it was uh, Caleb Jones and, and uh, Broberg going at it, kind of similar players, both skate. Well, you know, both like to think they're kind of offensive players, but Vinny and, and Broberg are so different that I think it's going to be kind of what, what they're looking for. And what Vinny brings is very clear. He's, you know, we've seen him cross-check guys in the back. Uh, you know, he's a very, very aggressive, hard-nosed player. Uh, I think he's going to even be more so, more intimidating kind of in his own end. Uh, I would expect that, you know, his second year now, my game might be a little easier to move the puck, understand his, what his limitations are and what, his, what he can do. Whereas for Broberg, I don't think we really know just exactly what he is. Like, he can skate really well. I think he can defend well with his feet. Um, I think he can transport the puck well. But is he a power play guy? Is he going to run the power play? Is he going to be a guy that has a big shot? Like, I don't think it's just clear what he is. He's not as far down his career path as, as Vinny. So, I honestly think when, when we look at the roster night in, night out, it'll depend what the head coach wants in it. Um, now, there's the other conversation about development and Broberg and needing to play. Uh, but it's so different. They're such different players. I don't, I don't think you can – it's hard to compare them because they're just opposite. They're apples and oranges, guys. But I, I think, Stratty, I think it's nice to have that option as a coach too, right, because they are two different players. I really like Darnay. I like the fact that he does bring the physicality. And you know more than anyone what it's like coming back your second year and the poise and the understanding of the game – you know, when you're young, you're kind of eager, you're on your toes, and you're kind of putting yourself out there 
uh, maybe at times a little too much. But now with that experience and understanding, positioning, uh, and the confidence, I think we're going to see another level of his compete in that sandpaper um, that is really going to help. I think that what they need to do with Vinny is give him a little bit of leeway to be a little bit nasty. You know, yes. like it, sometimes you got to let him take a bad, what people will call a bad on bad, uh, sorry, bad penalty, quote unquote, right? So you have to you have to understand that's part of it, and you want him to be hard to play against. I like to see him continue to get the penalty kill time. Um, and your point's well made about them being so different, and I think that's kind of a conversation in the bottom six of lowers forwards as well. What do you bring? What separates? Sutter from uh, Gagne from uh, Kajula from uh, Peterson like what what are those guys what are they going to bring that's going to be different that they need in that bottom six so if I'm a guy coming in and I'm like you know a fringe player let's say I'm going to try to separate myself and what I can do for the team so like oh we need that element we need that specialist in our in our third pair or third or fourth lines for the Oilers Jason Strudwick joins uh, Gregor and Brown on Sports 1440. Uh, Strutty, give me your thoughts on, you've seen now the initial report. I'm sure you've seen what, you know, what uh, Biz Nasty reported about uh, Babcock, and then you've seen what Babcock and Jenner have said, and now Darren Dreger's reporting. He's talked to a lot of people that says, you know, it was a open communication thing, and it wasn't meant like, here, show us your phone. What do you make of that whole situation? Like, other than it, like, it's a distraction that they that nobody needs. And if indeed Babcock is telling the truth, then don't they still have an issue because you have some players that have told biz nasty things that maybe weren't a hundred percent true. And, and conversely, if what Babcock did is true, well then you probably got a real big problem. So either way, I don't think this situation's good. Yeah. You know, you try to keep what's going on in the dress room inside the dress room. Now there's some things obviously should get out. And I think we know recent examples of things that have happened that should get out. or should be dealt with and addressed. Um, but I, I just, I can't, I, I don't know my backup. I don't understand why a coach would, you know, kind of do what Biz Nasty's talked about. Like, what are you, I trying to see what their lifestyle is away from the rink. I trying to get an understanding of what they do, spend their time on. Like, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I read what Boone Jenner said in Boone. It was more like, you just want to see pictures of our family and what we do. And I, I kind of get that. You're trying to connect with your players, understand where they're at. I, you know, quite honestly, I would have liked that a bit more when I played. You know, what, what does your family do? What does your mom and dad do? I, I was you know, I was married to later in my career, um, so I couldn't really get into my, my wife and my kids. But I would have liked to have those kind of connections so you kind of get a sense of who you are as a person. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, Biz Nasty knows a lot of guys, and he probably hears a lot of little birds in his ears. But that one, I, you know, just considering what's happened with Babcock, is he really going to go and do that? I, I just I have a hard time believing he would, he would make those choices. Um, after what he's coming off of. It's true. And then some would say, well, I would have had a hard time believing what he said to Mitch Marner, yet he said it. So that's that's probably why I can see some people saying, hey, man, like they're, either way, it's like you couldn't have scripted a worse start one week out of training camp because either way, now he's got to address this to the team, correct? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and, and, and you got to kind of talk about it. And, and you got to, the worst part of this is the distraction of your energy. Right, every coach and team only has so much energy to give, and you're before the season's even started, you're dealing with a distraction. Um, you know, I think the big distraction for that team is who is their first line center. You know, you, you can talk all you want about the wingers they've got and the new guys they brought in the back end, but they got to figure out their first line centers. And I know that's an on ice issue, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I, 
I just I I want to believe that people learn. They may they, they they understand how you treat people and get better. And for Mag Babcock to start out this way, if it is true, um, I I just I'd be absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away if it's true. Strutty, how excited are you watching Trey Ford right now compared to uh, what was here early in the season in Edmonton? Yeah, it's, you know what? I, well, first off, I feel terrible for those Elks players. You know, they, you know, I was on bad teams and losing just sucks. You know, you don't want to be at the rink. And I think people think too casually, well, these guys make money and they play a game. It, it, it's all true. And you are well compensated, especially the NHL. But you still got to try to sleep at night, knowing that you've lost six, five, eight, nine, whatever, ten games in a row, and then all that many more at home. So you feel sick about it. So, you know, you, you, you want them to have some success because they're putting the effort in. And now you look at it, they could have arguably won their last five games. I believe yeah. they're winning the last, uh, two of them they lost. Yeah. Um, and trade four seems to be a, a bit of a catalyst for excitement and finding energy. I've talked so many times about on a bad team or a team that's losing or a team that's struggling, you've got to find some way to ignite the group, get the energy going in, and, and get excitement about coming to the field or coming to the stadium, getting ready to play games. And he seems to have done that. Um, you know, is he a finished product? No, but he shouldn't be. He's played, you know, just a handful of games. So I think it's great what he's done. It was great seeing that many fans at the, at the game on uh, Saturday. What was it? I think it was north of 30,000. So I'm, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about what he can do. And I, mean, I want sports teams them to do well. And I think he is hopefully one of the key answers for this group moving forward, if not this year, definitely in the future. Stratty, always good to catch up with you. Have yourself uh, a good one. We will uh, chat soon. Enjoy the banana bread, boys. <laughs> oh, we will. I think we've ate almost half the loaf right now. <laughs> or I have. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's so good. That was uh, Strud's On brought to you by Action. Electrical uh, will return, and uh, Brown will make his debut in five questions on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Clean through a 
fast-paced Tuesday afternoon. The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Coming to you live from the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L.ca. That's where you go if you need anything when it comes to electric. Lighting. You want, you're making your, a project that you want to look the best? Well, that's who you use. E-W-E-L dot C-A. And now it is time. Uh, Sean Brown, of course, my uh, Tuesday co-host here uh, moving forward. It'll be his uh, first time in five questions. So uh, we give him the honor of answering first today in all the questions. Uh, five questions, as always, brought to you by The Brick. And you have a few days left in their uh, tent sale that's uh, that's going on right now uh, up until the uh, 14th. So you got uh, two days remaining. 60% off original prices, right? You can also get up to $1,900 off sofas and sectionals and get up to $1,000 off select major appliances right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. Scott Burns had an article today about seven players to watch this season. Outside of Edmonton and the Oilers, is there one player around the league that you'll be keeping tabs on this year? I'm going to go with uh, Austin Matthews in Toronto. Uh, Being a big Toronto Maple Leaf fan growing up in Oshawa, uh, the big deal that he signed, all the expectations and knowing how Toronto fans are, uh, I want to see how he handles this and... uh, uh, a lot of uh, it's, he's going to have a lot of pressure. I want to see how he's going to do. Well, I have two players. Um, one obviously is a uh, very selfish. I'll get to that one in a second. <laughs> but uh, the the player that I'm actually quite intrigued to to watch this season is Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. I you know what for year I, I thought there was a little bit of overhype early on him. You know, people were saying a few years ago, oh, he's as good as McDavid. I'm like, are you on crack? But anyway, the last 60 games last season, he was really good. Like, really good. And he's a young player still. Is this the year where, you know what, like, could he be the third high scorer in the NHL? I wouldn't be stunned. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see if he can put together a full season. We, he's had stretches of 40, 50, even 60 games, but he hasn't had that full year yet. So that's one. And then uh, the other one is, uh, obviously, um, I'll be watching my nephew closely uh, in Toronto because I've been uh, looking at their depth chart and uh, what they can do. And I, uh, I'll i say it. Uh, I know he can score. Uh, if he gets a consistent opportunity there, I'll say he scores at least 15. Question number two. Uh, we had Elks offensive coordinator Jarius Jackson on the show earlier today. Uh, we've seen an offensive change in direction since he took over along with Trey Ford. If you had to give one of them more credit than the other, who would it be for the offensive turnaround? I think I'm going to go with the quarterback, Trey Ford. Um, not having followed the Eskimos a ton, but listening to the conversations uh, with friends that do follow them, um, he seems to be a guy with a ton of upside. Oh. Um, you know, obviously the quarterback uh, position is a very important position. Um, you know, and the struggles that they've had this year and the fact that, you know, they've won some games and they have something they're kind of building towards – um, I, I'm going to go with him. It's hard to pick. Um, obviously, the player is the one who makes the, the, the impact on the field, but I'm actually going with the offensive coordinator for two reasons. A, it was him who chose to give Ford the opportunity, 
Right? Because if he doesn't say, you know what, I'm taking Cornelius out, I'm putting Ford in, we don't ever see Ford. And... You know, the, the play calling that they've had, they've mixed it up with, with running. Uh, he allows for the opportunity to, to uh, freewheel sometimes, right? They have the odd set play where it's a designed run play. Then, of course, you have it when he just does sandlot football and he's scrambling out there. But he's also shown confidence to say, you know what? We're calling passing plays at key times in the game because I trust your arm to make that throw. So I like what Jackson's done because I think he's helped instill some confidence in his young quarterback. Okay, guys, question number three. We know the big news with Aaron Rodgers and the Achilles done for the season. For the Jets, is Zach Wilson the best option at quarterback for the entirety of the season, or do you think they should bring in a vet to potentially at some point take over? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one, obviously, uh, when your star quarterback goes down like that in a career or season-ending injury. That puts a ton of pressure on a guy that was you know, going to be supported uh, obviously very very well um it'll be interesting to see how they handle that because i think with the team that they have they're gonna have to make sure that you know they continue to you know have opportunities to win um so i think his game will kind of dictate you know when they actually pull the trigger or how quickly they pull the trigger um you know this every player needs an opportunity um this could be his opportunity, his break, and you got one of the obviously the best quarterbacks uh, to play the game. That's going to be uh, able to be on the sideline helping him out, and who knows the difference that could make. Like when you look at veterans, like who are these veterans out there? There's lots of recycled guys that you could come in, and you're like, how? Like what's their ceiling? I think it's pretty low. Now Wilson has yet to show a lot of consistency, but as Warren Moon said yesterday. Here's an opportunity to show some patience maybe and work with them. But I'll say this, Con, I wouldn't bring in a veteran. If I was bringing in a young quarterback and I'm like, hey, you know what, I'm not sure Wilson, I'd bring in Nathan Rourke. Honestly, I'm not. what's the harm in that, right? You, you, you bring him in, you give him a few weeks, you let Wilson take a few weeks and say, hey, you're our starter. I'm going to give you at least three weeks, right, to try to get you be comfortable, do all the, the number one reps in practice, and, and we'll go from there. That's, to me, the strategy I would do. But, like, don't bring in McCoy or any of these other veteran guys that are – you know, way past due. And yeah, they can be a safe quarterback, but they're not going to win you any game. So I wouldn't bring in a veteran. Yeah, I want Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz battling it out for that backup oh. position. Just let oh it be God. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last night, uh, the Jets defense did their thing, forcing four turnovers with Josh Allen. Now, I want to ask you guys, I know he's been a guy who's got a lot of hype in his career. Uh, Josh Allen is a top blank quarterback in the NFL. I think he's he's got to be one of the top top quarterbacks in the nfl i mean he's i mean one game can't <laughs> one game cannot make or break your career obviously not the, the game maybe he was hoping to have but uh you know i i would not get down on a young quarterback with that much talent and ability i think he's i think he's top seven not saying that he's seventh but because i think four five six seven are all pretty close so uh, Josh Allen on his best day can, like, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. But, you know, there's other guys that from week to week, any of them could be number two. And even Josh Allen could be there. So I put him in the top seven because I don't think there's, like, Joe Burrow when he's healthy. You got Justin Herbert, right? Dak Prescott, when he's, when he's healthy, has put up some pretty good numbers. Right? Um, Trevor Lawrence not there yet, but I think he's coming. There's some other guys. So I would have him, I'd still have him top seven. What about you, Cons? Where do you put him? I mean, I, I might even give him higher, top five, yeah, top with five. his upside. I mean, just yeah. the ability to run. It was a bad game, but oh, I think we got to remember game. the Jets' defense is really good, and that's that's they're going to 
make a lot of quarterbacks uh, see ghosts out there. So, yeah, it was a tough one, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. I think I still have him top five, especially like Sean, Sean said. It's one game. We can't overreact too much. Uh, final question for you guys. It was on this day in 1964. A Fistful of Dollars was released starring Clint Eastwood. In honor of that, what is your favorite Western? My dad was a big Western guy, um, so I would sit there and watch watch the odd one with him. I'm going to have to go with uh, the Magnificent Seven. Uh, my dad's Ooh. got a yeah, he's got a he's got a contagious laugh. Uh, so I do remember sitting there watching uh, the Magnificent Seven and listening to his belly laugh. Man, I love westerns. Um, <laughs> my, my father got me into it young, and I, you know, Clinton Eastwood has so many good ones, but my favorite is Young Guns. Regulators! Oh, that, like, a young yeah. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, man. Like, that was, it was awesome. Chavez is unreal in that movie. He's unbelievable. When they're in the spirit world, Right and how they're talking slow. We're in the spirit world. Oh, so good! I love I love Young Guns one. Love Young Guns two. Fantastic. So um, I'm going with Young Guns. Cons? Are you a you a country? Are you a Western guy? I I mean I'm not a big one. I know last uh, I don't even know when it was two years ago a year ago we watched the good the bad the ugly in the Monday movie watch which we might have to bring back because we've had a few requests for that. Uh, but I'm going to say the Quick and the Dead. It was always on TBS growing up. I feel like it was on every single Saturday. Great cast. Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, and a young Leo DiCaprio, the kid. Uh, so I'm going to go with The Quick and the Dead for the mm. nostalgic reasons. Oh, that's a good one. Right? Would, would Django be a, a Western for you guys? I think so. I, I think so. I haven't I seen it. And now, are you a movie watcher, Ronnie? Uh, like, are you in the Connor? I think you might be in the Connor Halley category here. Eh? <laughs> we, like, we had to do a whole year... Where we once a week we would watch a movie, and we're talking some of the most popular movies because Connor hadn't seen them. Yeah, I like, are you in this category? I'm getting a sense that you. Oh no, you, you might be. In Can this. you see the sweat? Can you see me sweating? And yeah, have you seen Forrest Gump? Yeah, I've seen Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. I have watched. I I do watch movies. Okay, um, I do fall asleep during movies. Oh, you're <laughs> one of those I'm guys. I'm one of those guys. Okay. We do. My wife and I are into Netflix and watching a few different series but i i honestly usually fall asleep but um you know i uh okay, what's I, a famous movie you haven't seen i wanted to see the one movie i did want to see was top gun i wanted to see that in the theater oh the second one did yeah. you see the original oh yeah oh, okay. i seen the original which you know so i wanted to see the second one in the theater and i missed it um so that's probably one that i will i'll probably watch at some point i i like i'm a documentary guy okay right I, so what I, I like the jordan the you know the chicago the oh, chicago yeah. bulls one mm -hmm. uh i watched the uh a little bit of the bits and pieces of the conor mcgregor uh that was interesting um so, so sports documentaries more than anything or just any documentary no almost any any documentary okay uh, but uh yeah there's some good ones uh, my daughter's <laughs> i never would have picked her to be a ufc fan but Oh really? She seems to be yeah. She seems to be getting into the UFC. She watched the, there's a Jake Paul one that oh, yeah. she's interested in. So there's no better way to connect with your daughter than to to watch something that. Ha has, yeah. she, has your daughter ever Googled any of your fights? You know what? I, I'm not sure. If she hasn't, I think her friends have 
<laughs> she's made coffee. Well, yeah. <laughs> Dude, your dad's a lunatic. Yeah, which is better, actually. Which yeah. is better. Yeah. Any be young honest. guys come in and Brownie's got hockey fights yeah. on the team. Oh, hey, Johnny. Nice to meet you. Oh, hi, Mr. Brown. How are you? <laughs> yeah. No, she, uh, you know what? For the longest time, I, I, she's just starting to get into hockey. She's a big volleyball player. Oh, uh, I could never, volleyball. Could, I could never get her into hockey. Uh, last year was the first time I was able to get her to the, uh, the, uh, to use the alumni pass in the alumni room and go to some games and she really enjoyed it. And now she's asking more. So I think she's kind of getting a little bit of the fever now realizing too that a lot they're, of, they're her, good. They're good. Yeah, and a lot of her friends, it's, it's a little bit of a social too, oh, okay. right? They're all there yes. and I, I'm sure she doesn't mind the free, uh, snacks in the alumni room. <laughs> they treat us very well there. So um, my son's into it more. Obviously, his friends seem to, you know, work their way through a YouTube clip here and there. I, I, you know, I don't know how many positive ones there are of me maybe having success. There's definitely ones on there of me getting getting beat up. But um. well, there's a few. Don't uh, don't don't <laughs> underestimate it. We we have a few. We've had a few uh, texts in at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty talking about uh, uh, guys. I can't wait till Brownie relives some of his fights on the show. It's always great to hear the guys. It's amazing how many of them remember specific details of certain fights. And so yeah, we might get into that. There's there's been a few that uh, people have asked about. You had no, uh, well, you had a few pretty good slobber knockers. Do you remember who was your first NHL fight? I, um, you know what? It might have been Jim Cummings. Oh, it, it might have been Jimmy. Jim Cummings. Yeah, I, I remember my first pro fight um, in the American League. I, I can't remember the guy, but I, uh, I do remember that he had like a beard, right? Being young, <laughs> and you were like nineteen, I was, or yeah, 20. nineteen, twenty, young, yeah. right? And I was just, you know, it's intimidating. You come out of junior and you're fighting guys your own age, and all of a sudden you get in the pro and. The stakes are that much higher. Yeah, uh, guys look that much older and that much meaner. That it was, you know, a bit of the psychology part of getting over the fact that these guys are just the same as you. They just look older. Um, but yeah, it uh, those days I'm kind of happy they're over with. Um, <laughs> you know, it uh, it is funny though that you know my son and his friends and obviously some of my daughter's friends. They do bring it up the odd time, but that's that's not that's the old Sean. Yeah, I yeah, know. Hey, that's totally fair. I'm I'm looking up your uh, your fight card from uh, 1997, 1998, and uh, it looks like it was Denny Lambert. Oh, Denny Lambert. Denny oh, Lambert. Okay. And yeah. then uh, so was he in Ottawa? Uh, yes. Yeah. And then three days later, you fought Jim Cummings. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. And I then think... Darren McCarty. Okay. Joey Kosher, dude. Yeah. Guy hit like a truck. I heard. Yeah, so I remember that game. Well, obviously, I got lots of family down by Detroit. Okay. Um, yeah. No, it's kind of funny when you actually, you know, when you're playing, you don't have a whole lot of time to actually sit and take it in. And you definitely, you know, I wasn't a guy that really wanted to talk about it because yeah, I was living. Fair it. enough. Yeah. But you know, now as you look back, and you know, you're obviously on some type of fight. Hockeyfights.com. But it doesn't lie. Yeah. yeah no, it's- <laughs> It no, you know it's good because we looked up a few of Strutty's. Uh, you know, he, he always talked about how Sotheby cheap shotted him. So we went back and found the tape. Uh-huh, there was okay. no cheap shotting. Oh, so no, it was no. a classic because Sotheby was hosting. <laughs> he was like, I never did that. It was hilarious. That's so, funny. I fought awesome. Sotheby too. I worked yeah. out with him. Sotheby's a great guy. He was tough too. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. No, he's a good dude. Yeah, Brownie, great first show, man. We look forward to having you every Tuesday. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous, but uh, you guys made me feel very well, welcome. Probably not as nervous your first fight. So there you go. This is a little bit easier. Uh, let's get to uh, Connor Halley. 
and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Like you, they're super excited to have Sports Talk Radio back on air full time. So excited that all the compact BXB tractors in stock are on sale for 0% financing for up to 84 months. Shop online at edmontonkubota.com.